This is To The Point with Marcus Anna, where we cut through all the noise to discuss the things driving the world of automotive sales and service. Let's get to it. Powered by Rocket. For decades, Harman has been known for its groundbreaking advancements in audio technology, which has included some pretty impressive car audio systems. But in recent years, the company has significantly expanded its focus on automotive, helping to drive in-car experiences that go well beyond how your favorite song or audio podcast sounds in a vehicle. From advanced digital cluster technology to Harman Ignite, the company's cloud-based platform that enables automakers to offer a connected vehicle experience more tailor-made for individual needs and preferences, Harman continues to push the boundaries in the infotainment space in exciting new ways. In fact, the company, set to debut several new connected vehicle innovations at the upcoming 2003 tech show CES in January, has become one of the biggest players in the in-car infotainment market which is expected to reach $33 billion by 2024. In this episode of To The Point, we talked to Hybert Verhoeven, SVP of Digital Cockpit for Harman Automotive, about some of the factors driving the infotainment and connected vehicle space and how Harman looks to play a bigger role in the business moving forward. So Hybert, I want to thank you for joining us on To The Point. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Yeah, so Harman is really going through an interesting transformation. I actually participated in the Harman Technology Forum and moderated one of the panels at the JBL Fest. And it's really interesting to, to sort of be around the Harman team and hear about this transformation uh, as it relates to advanced in-vehicle solutions. What is at the heart of this shift and how does it impact how consumers think about Harman? as a company and a brand. Yeah, I think it's interesting, right? Because it's it's not just Harman changing, it, it's truly, it's the industry changing. And as you said, it's the expectation of, of, of the end customers changing, right? Whether that's generational or otherwise. But what certainly is, is exciting for Harman is we, we have this company where on the one hand, we have a long heritage in, in really strong automotive solutions with our customers, with the, the vehicle makers. And on the other hand, we have a lifestyle business, right? Where you see brands like JBL and, and Harman Kardon obviously being very strong in the on the lifestyle side of the house. And then also as a company, we are part of Samsung, right? So a very strong company, obviously, also on the on the consumer side. So for us, what we started seeing very clearly over the last, I would say, five years, but accelerating rapidly is that customers, they, they want more from their vehicle, right? Younger customers certainly come in where their life outside of the vehicle revolves around a smartphone. And they expect their car to feel as new as excited, as connected, and as ever-changing as the experience they get outside of the vehicle. So all of a sudden, the, the you know long release cycles and buying your car and not changing a car for five to 10 years is no longer acceptable to customers. How, how, has that, how has that impacted the type of relationships that Harman has with, with the automotive companies, the, the car makers? Yeah, it, it changes fundamentally, right? Because historically, a relationship would start very often with the car making telling us what they were intending to build. And then we would have a lot of really smart people looking at the specifications and parsing it out and implementing all those complex hardware and software systems. But now more and more, it's a combination of the car maker knowing what they want and certainly being true to our own brand and the experience they want. 
but also asking us for what technology can be brought to bear and how quickly can you deploy. And in our case, how can that connect, connected vehicle stay new? So the relationship changes from a, um, we listen very closely to the customer and we build by and large what the customer is thinking they want to implement, certainly with a lot of our hard work and inputs in technology, to a much more balanced discussion of the technology we can bring to bear and see how that would fit in what the OEM is trying to achieve with their customers. You know, the the the, the OEMs, the, the automotive industry in general has sort of been slow to adopt, to change and evolve. So I would imagine that that with Harman sort of trying to lead this from this space from an in-vehicle solutions, advanced solutions perspective, that it can be somewhat challenging at times um, as it relates to, to the car companies. As though yeah, I, I think change is always for an industry, right? Change is challenging, but I think companies have seen enough change that you can either fight change or you can embrace it, right? And in this case, I think we're seeing all our major customers actually starting to fully embrace so here it takes a different shape for different customers, right? Some customers take our technology suite very quickly, holistically, and they look at the infotainment. Um, obviously, the, the technology we have to offer with what you can do with displays and head-up displays, and they quickly combine it with technology on the, on the car audio side and then the connectivity and the ADA side. Well, other customers start the relationship a little bit smaller, and they start looking at one of those domains. But very quickly, we see with most of those customers that once you start talking about not the point technology, but the end experience, that customers get really excited about talking on how those technologies work together, right? Instead of a point technology, uh, we call it experience per mile. How do you really get the immersed experience in vehicle that is much more than one point technology? When you're having these, these conversations um, with, with consumers, um, in terms of figuring out what's the next step for Harman. What are those conversations like? So what are the consumers saying about the type of innovations that you need to focus on when it comes to, to uh, in, in vehicle, the in vehicle experience? Yeah, we actually did that, right? We talked to over 26,000 customers and customers, you and I, people driving, right? And we asked them a whole set of questions of what do you expect? And as you can imagine, right? I mean, everybody expects something slightly different, but there were some, some pretty distinct themes. I think one thing that we, we saw very quickly from the responses is that people would like their vehicle to be personalized to them, right? It's not as much the car that comes off the, the assembly line and this is what it is. But when I get into the vehicle, how is that different from when you get into the vehicle? And that's much more than, you know, is the seat position there and, and all that, right? It is actually about, um, you know, you may like, for example, in car audio, you may like a very different uh, car audio experience. You may like a, a different concert hall for your music than I would like. Um, you may like if you have a large SUV, for example, in the US, but three rows of seats. You may like to listen to your, your kids in the back row. I may choose to uh, want to, you know, kind of mute them, right? So that's just the audio statement there. People want to be able to get into a vehicle and feel that it is their, their vehicle and not somebody else's. And then, as I said before, right, people expect that what they buy today is a, is a really scalable platform. Right. So if all of a sudden I have a new uh, a new feature that comes out, why wouldn't that be software enabled on the vehicle? Now, some things are very hardware focused and you may not be able to do that. Although even on the hardware side, there may be upgrade paths. But on the software side, we're on the in the beginning stages of being able to have people get something new once a month, as opposed to seeing over the air updates more as the bug fix once a year or going to the dealer. 
right? So people expect that a car is uniquely theirs and they expect the car, the vehicle to, to evolve with them as they go. Right. Was, was there anything that surprised you about that study? Yeah, I, I, I think what's, what surprised us maybe a little bit is that there is certainly, uh, there's a generational side to that, right? I think if you, uh, if you talk to, to, to people my age, I think they certainly, uh, they get it, right? I mean, their life, personal life also revolves around smartphones. But for, for my kids who are 16 and 18, it has taken a whole different level, right? They really, really, really see the vehicle no longer as something that is differentiated by um, an engine um, or by the exact, you know, horsepower. I mean, that, though for, for them, that's not interesting, right? Yeah, they, they talk about electrification, but they talk really about what happens in cabin, right? So the central discussion has moved on from the vehicle as being um, the in-cabin experience as one of the components to the in-cabin experience as the main experience. Mm-hmm. This shift is being driven by a lot. And what I think really makes this transformation interesting is that the shift is being driven by a lot of unique partnerships. Can you talk about that in some of the partnerships that that Harman has sort of created or developed uh, relationship wise as it relates to pushing the envelope in this space? Yeah, I think I think it's it is all about partnerships at this point, right? No one company um, can tackle it all by themselves. So we certainly um, we started the, for example, the as a co-founder, the Experiences per Mile uh, Council with a large number of OEMs, including Ford, GM, um, Stellantis, to make sure that we can talk about what does experience mean to the to the car maker. But then also you started talking to um, to companies like Cisco as part of that alliance on, on how does it tie to to the networking aspect of it, right? And then you start talking, for example, to uh, the content creators. If you look at um, when I talk about a vehicle, for me, that is an inherently connected vehicle. So we have customers who deploy our app store. And in that case, we work with partners who are the well-known brands that you see on your smartphone, right? You work, for example, with a Spotify um, or an iHeartRadio where you have to determine how can we offer that application where still the, the, the partner still gets their brand and identity, the OEM gets their brand and identity, and yet the application feels holistically like part of the car that is safe to drive in an automotive environment. Right, so all of a sudden you talk about what we like to call uh, consumer experiences, automotive grade. You want the best of the consumer experience, the the speed, the uniqueness, but you want that still to be an automotive solution, right? So our partnership go all the way on the one hand from the you know what you don't really see, which is the 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 the, the SOC, the chip guys on the one hand of what are the future capabilities, but on the other end the highly visible the application makers on how do you make sure that application is actually running in an automotive environment and still is very well integrated to their brand look as well as the as the car manufacturer's brand look how how do you think this all changes how automakers market and sell vehicles these innovations I think it's an interesting question, right? Because the automakers certainly benefit from the fact that um, there is a strong ecosystem right now uh, where you can build a lot of things on top of that, right? If you talk about um, a system that's based on an Android backbone, right? It gives you a lot of flexibility to build, yet you still want to have your own brand identity. And I would say that for car manufacturers, it takes different forms, right? A lot of car manufacturers work with us where they talk about um, what happens with, with data. Right. If you start talking about voice recognition solutions that are implemented, if you talk about um, what we call, for example, ReadyCare, which is a system where 
we can monitor not just whether the driver is drowsy, but whether the driver is really the cognitive load, whether the driver is really paying attention. All that data has has privacy implications, certainly, but it also has a monetary and, 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 a, and a connection side to it, where we work with the, the car manufacturers who are becoming much more than just the hardware manufacturer of a vehicle, but they now also are in the software business and they are in the recurring software business and they're in the relationship business with that customer. Right, so many of those discussions take just take a point of what started as hardware discussions, then became hardware plus the embedded software. Now actually, they become data and, and application discussions, right? With all the aspects that come with that, whether that is privacy, security, updatability. How do you make because you know in in, in hearing you talk about it uh, and and sort of the the, the various parts of of how this transformation is taking place, the partnerships, the innovations, the different way of thinking. How do you, how do you take that and make it palatable for the everyday consumer that's interested in buying a vehicle? Yeah, that's a really good question, right? Because there's no uniform one consumer. I think there are a lot of consumers who are very, very tech savvy. Uh, and there are also consumers who want to get into the vehicle and they want it, they want it to work. Right. So in, in, in many cases, the first order engagement of both the vehicle manufacturer and us with the end consumer is to educate them on the benefits of the feature set that is offered. Right. And, and some of those are very easy to explain. Right. Once you listen to um, something where you can select your audio experience, right, you could software enable a premium audio experience, whereas I said a different concert hall. That is very easy to demonstrate once a customer gets in a vehicle, right? We are actually lucky that a lot of our business revolves on things like audios and displays. It's highly, it's, it's highly immersive, right? When you show customers a display technology that revolves around NeoQLED, which certainly is taking a lot of the Samsung consumer benefits, and you see a vibrant black screen and what it does to you, and seeing that it's much closer to what you get on your smartphone or even exceeding versus the old screens, that's all very easy to explain. Right. I think where the discussions become deeper certainly is, is for the car manufacturers to explain to their customers directly or indirectly their relationship going forward. Right. When I talk about the, the long-term monetization of software, um, what you do with data and how you do that in a responsible manner. Those discussions we certainly see in some cases being driven by legislation, but we see also the large car manufacturers taking a very proactive role in positioning themselves much more than the vehicle vendor now as the experience vendor right the the ownership of a vehicle now comes with something that is much more than the hardware right and you see it when you even look at commercials on tv for some of the manufacturers right they talk about much more than the vehicle so is that do you think that process is one of the biggest challenges in this transformation i think it's probably one of the bigger opportunities it's certainly not something that historically came natural to the industry Right. I think the uh, again, a lot of work has happened on the um, on the mobile ecosystem side where customers are now used to the fact that a device that they saw primarily in the past as hardware, like the smartphone, that really it is an updatable device and that you pay money for that extra functionality. I think that was probably the hardest discussion initially on the mobile side and also to degree in automotive is the mindset that new features can be enabled by software and that is actually value in those in those features, right? And you, you're starting to see the early moments of that in automotive, as you saw probably 10 years ago in, in mobile, the early days of having people change the mindset if you pay for just the hardware to now you pay for the experience. As a company in, in closing, as a company that, that has really been on the forefront 
uh, of in-vehicle technologies. What does the future of the vehicle cockpit experience look like for the industry overall and for Harman specifically? Yeah, I think it's it, it is really interesting, right? I think it's it's always easy to talk about like a maybe a logical endpoint, right? And talk about if all cars are completely self-driving, right? And and we're still far away from that. But if you fast forward to that endpoint, then the cockpit essentially becomes an infotainment center, right? And in that case, your windshield does become a large protecting surface. Right now, we are not there, right? And we're pretty far away from that. But you can see the technology start to build up to that, right? When we talk about, for example, um, augmented reality and head-up display, it is not just about making a better display that shows information on your windshield, but it's also using our expertise to what we call, for example, Harman X and, and all our cognitive experts of what information do you show? And maybe the information you show, actually the amount of detail depends on the driver. Some drivers are much more able to absorb visual information quicker. Right? If people are able to do that, can you automatically detect that? And can you tune the amount of information without the driver having to select what they want to see? Right, So we're already seeing that what you show on displays, what you um, hear through audio, but also when we talk about, for example, drivers that are no longer really paying attention, what can you do as a feedback system to AC units, right, to the air conditioning? What can you do to audio? Can you much more integrated overall experience and in some cases, can you actually use the whole machine learning side of the house to actually take certain steps without the user having to select things, right? So I think what you will see over time is not just showing more and more information on displays, but it's also being very selective per user on how you do that and how you get the best experience. And it's tying in not just the visual information, it's tying in the, the audio information, it's tying in the whole experience in the vehicle. Right. And I think there are many gradations in between where we are today and the, you know, completely self-driving, um, you know, infotainment center on wheels. There are many different gradations and every car manufacturer will go to that at its own speed. For Harman, though, we have the benefit that we are able to engage at any of those steps and any point in between. Well, thanks again, Harbert, for taking the time to give us some insight on the new world of in-vehicle infotainment and how Harman is playing a role in the transformation of the space. Hey, Marcus, happy to do so. And it was a great discussion. Thank you very much. Now, back to the noise.